It's been widely reported that church attendance in the U.S. is way, way down. And it's not the unbelievers who aren't showing up, it's believers. When pollsters think of regular attendance, what they find now is that it means attending public worship perhaps twice a month. And that probably means that your church is actually twice as large as it looks. Well, let's talk about why believers need to worship with other believers on Wisdom 828, where we're dedicated to stamping out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. Hi, I'm Bob Buchanan. The pandemic has caused a lot of disruption in the church, and a friend of mine calls it a reverse revival. Uh, it's been a time of sifting, and we're faced with an epidemic of reasons for disattending Sunday gatherings. The old reasons, of course, are still with us. I worship God outdoors, in the mountains, or hiking, or kayaking, or whatever, uh, just as well, if not better, than when I'm in church. Well, some Christians are at least honest about it. They say, I'm bored by it all, or it's meaningless, it's not even relevant to my life. Well, some feel justified to absent themselves because of the discrepancies, real, real or perceived, between aspiration and conduct. In other words, uh, they see or think they see a bunch of hypocrites and, and no one is allowed to have legitimate doubts and no, no uh, or, or not finding connection to the community. Some are hurt in their church experience, hurt by other Christians who hasn't been or the big one, their needs are not being met or they will say they're not being fed. But now thanks to the pandemic shutdown, uh, we have had some new reasons uh, people will say, I worship with my church online. It's just so convenient. And uh, I get as much out of the sermon as before when I was present physically. Plus, the coffee's better. Well, in our work with married couples who are in conflict, we have noticed three things that improve and actually transform their marriages. Completing the homework assignments we give them, planned regular reading of the scriptures, and this one, regular attendance at the worship gathering of the church. Now, it's this last one that I want to focus on. Why go to church? Other than a few passages in the New Testament epistles, we don't really have any commands that tell us that we are to attend worship with the saints on Sundays. But the internal logic of the New Testament implies just such a practice. Now, there is evidence of benefits that strengthen and support our spiritual lives that when we're not present, they tend to bring a decay, a spiritual decay into our souls. So I want to give you seven reasons why I believe weekly worship with a believing community is essential, essential for spiritual health. First of all, the recalibration effect. The world is hard on us. Our flesh is hard on us. The devil is hard on us. It's an unholy trinity that is at war with our soul. Daily Bible intake is essential. But when we gather with the saints, and we submit to the uh, leading of others, that is like the worship team or elder prayer or the pastor's sermon, we have to put ourselves aside and focus on the supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. Sundays give us a break from our natural self-absorption so that we can recalibrate our souls to the North Star, which is Christ. Every believer needs a weekly calibration of the soul that worshiping God brings heading into another week of spiritual warfare. Second, I call it the edification effect. No matter how much our personal devotion time is beneficial, and believe me, it is, 
Nothing compares with the benefit that comes with a gathering of the saints. There's just something really unique that enhances the soul's delight in God when in the company of other believers. Martin Luther thought so himself. He said this, quote, at home, in my own house, there's no warmth or vigor in me, but in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart and it breaks its way through. The edification isn't only personal, it also strengthens the others all around us. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting the meeting together as the habit of uh, some is, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The singing congregation becomes a teaching congregation. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And there is an encouraging effect for unbelievers who may even be present with you. Paul writes, when the unbeliever or outsider enters the gathering of worshipers, he is convicted by all, and he is called to account by all, and the secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Corporate worship clears out the cobwebs of our minds and the dullness of our hearts and the eyes of faith to behold the beauty of God's holiness. Now third, I'll call that the generosity effect. Let's face it, some Sundays are harder than others to get out of bed. It, you know, the time is limited, the kids don't wanna get up and get dressed, breakfast uh, may be a, a stale donut, and if you're lucky, you get a cup of coffee. And if you're really lucky, your daughter won't spill anything on her dress before you get to the church door. Uh, there's always a fight with the kids on the way or the traffic is terrible. Usually it's no problem on Sunday, but on this particular day, it's like Monday morning. You're late, the service has started, your usual seat is taken by a visitor and now you have to go all the way down to the front and sit in the front pew. One pastor called this a form of giving, the giving of yourself, the giving of your presence. As harried and hurried as it may be, you're there, live and in person. You made the effort to fight against giving in to your desire to sleep in or turn around and go home. You showed up and you know what they say about showing up, it's 90% of the battle. Now fourth is the assurance effect. There's a dynamic that comes in the context of community that doesn't necessarily come in private. God never intended his people to stand alone against the world. Whenever you see a, a hero in scripture, you'll also see a group of people around him or her playing important roles in the story. And it's true with all believers. We each can name significant people in our own lives who kept us going, kept encouraging us in the faith to stand strong and to not give up. Our assurance is in Christ's hand who provides the right people to fan the flames of assurance as we walk the life of a disciple. Fifth, we'll call this the progress in the faith effect. Corporate worship is indispensable for our sanctification. Our progress in God's project of conforming us to the image of Christ, it's a community project. God uses the elements of uh, the believers gathering in order to cause us to advance in the growth of grace. And maybe a song, 
or maybe the chorus of a song, or an elder's prayer, or a line from an elder's prayer, or a conversation in the hallway, or maybe something the pastor said in a sermon that the Spirit of God takes and uses it to zero in on some matter of your heart that goes way beyond just mere information, but heals a wound, releases you from a sin, or quickens a thought of wisdom for guidance. God delights to change our minds and direct our hearts in the love of God during corporate worship. Now, sixth, we'll call this the anticipation and reflection effects. Uh, what are you thinking about when you're driving on, on your way to church? What are you talking about on your way home when you go home? Well, the one thing most Christians can't do well is to plan what to do with the corporate worship experience. What do you anticipate? What do you hope will happen? Do you drive to church anticipating a meeting with God? When you drive home, are you digesting what you sang together and prayed together and said to someone or heard from the sermon? Digestion is a physical process that takes uh, necessary nutrients from the food and sends them to our internal systems to sustain life and repair damage. Spiritual digestion does the same thing with the food of the worship gathering. In anticipation, we know that God delights to meet with his people in order to bless us, to heal, to correct, to train in righteousness. In reflection, we digest what we've heard over that 75 minute or so period of worship for our spiritual sustenance and growth. This is a discipline worth all the effort for the benefits that are being received. And finally, it's the more like heaven effect. The most unique benefit of a corporate worship uh, it reminds us of heaven, the sense of connectedness to God in his community of saints, joyfully singing, praying with hope, listening to God's word intently. It all enhances each element of the worship service tenfold. For now, our gatherings are just, you know, a little bit over an hour on a Sunday or more, but they're kind of like the outskirts of heaven, but it is like heaven nonetheless. The focus of heaven is always on Christ. The joy of heaven is Christ. The righteousness of heaven is Christ. In heaven, Christ is all in all. So what's that gonna be like? Well, we don't know yet, but we, we do know that it will be unlike anything we've ever experienced here. Corporate worship gives us glimpses, tastes, sort of an appetizer to what we will get more of Christ in heaven. Well, there's great value to routine. Weekly worship is a routine, and you know what you'll see. You know there are gonna be very few changes. Your corporate worship will be the same as the week before and the week before that. You'll hear a sermon in which you've probably heard the same truths uh, as the week before and the week before that. R.C. Sproul said that it's like horses that eat A and hoats one week and then they eat oats and hay the next week. Now, I've been eating my wife's cooking for nearly 45 years. And in all that time, I couldn't tell you what we ate on our 27th wedding anniversary for dinner. Some dinners, they were standouts. Some recipes, they always hit the target. But while I may not be able to say that each meal was hit out of the park, each meal was nourishing and sustained our health and it gave us energy to carry on. And so it is with the routine of weekly worship. Not every Sunday is gonna be a hit out of the park Sunday. Not every sermon or every song or every prayer prayed will be exactly what you need. But many habitual practices over many years of routine 
bring you closer to your Savior and heightens your anticipation of being with Him. Now that's all the time we have for today. So thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you in church next Sunday. You'll be of good cheer.